created live on Fireside. Welcome, I'm Lori Lee Binstock, and this is a Trauma Survivor Thrivers Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me live on Fireside Chat, where you can be a part of the conversation as my virtual audience. I am your host, Lori Lee Binstock. Everyone has an opportunity to ask me or our guest questions by requesting to hop on stage or sending a message in the chat box. I will try to get to you, but I do ask that everyone be respectful. Today's guest is Andrew Daniel, author of the best-selling book, Awaken to Your True Self, the founder of Cinesomatics and director at the Center for Cinesomatic Development. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, I was really intrigued. I, you know, I've heard of, you know, somatic experiencing, which actually I really just discovered that in 2020 when I went into residential treatment. Um, But when I heard about you, I heard, I I, I learned this new thing, at least in my mind, synosomatic therapy. Could you actually tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, it, it is, it is very cutting edge stuff. Um, Basically, synosomatics, uh, let's just start with the word. So it comes from two words, cinema uh, and somatics. So cinna, somatics. So the first part is cinna. So in this therapy, in this, it's pretty much an entire transformational approach, uh, we use video. And so we use video and movement. And then the somatic part, the body. So we use video and movement to watch the way people show up in their body. And then we play that video back of them moving in their body. And then myself or other people in the group will give feedback about all of the unconscious, the subconscious uh, patterns, uh, mythologies, archetypes that are symbolically coming through the body. And not only is it a feedback from the participants or myself, but they get to see it for themselves in their own body on the video replay. So it's a very potent feedback loop that helps people see all of the um, hidden uh, traumas or stories or blocks and even shadow material that's holding them back in their life. That's really fascinating because, you know, we do these things. We, we fiddle our hands when <laughs> yeah. we get nervous. We, you know, we even sweat. Um, we do so many different things um, based on the things we learned growing up that kind of make us feel safer, I guess, these coping mechanisms. Um, and I, I, and I, I, that, that it's, that is really fascinating to me because I'm assuming most people don't know what like their trick ticks or whatever are. Um, how did you actually discover this as a type of therapy? So it's about twofold. One, I mean, on my journey of my own traumas and growing up and everything uh, led me to actually a lot of uh, alternative and holistic healing methods. Uh, we didn't have a lot of big medical insurance. We weren't into any of the pharmaceuticals um, or my parents took me to, I think, a psychologist once, um, but very gratefully, uh, I ended up 
through my own self-help, self-improvement uh, journey, came across all of these different methods. There was neuro-linguistic programming. There was tapping EFT. There was acupuncture. Mm. There was hypnosis. There was all of these things that were actually pretty helpful for me. And I actually got certified in different hypnotherapies and, and different stuff. And for a while, it, it worked very well and it, it exposed me to a whole new world of, well, <laughs> a whole new world, really. Um, <laughs> because, because not only was it just therapy, everything in my life was changing. It was like, oh my gosh, it's not because I don't know the technique. It's because I got all this junk and stuff inside of me that's getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And so that set me on a healing journey for for the past 15 years. And eventually I reached a, a plateau. I, I was homeless twice, even after being published, my software company did very well. And then it just stopped. And I was wondering how and why that after all these successes in learning all of these spiritual and even practical truths and wisdoms, I was still stuck. There was still many things in my life that weren't working. And so I came across work by uh, a late mentor of mine who was pioneering some of this uh, video and movement work. And so I learned a lot through him. And that really exposed me to this world of uh, symbolic, uh, somatic, um, all this un... not not invisible, but unvisible to many of us, Mm -hmm. um, uh, information about ourselves and our body. And then so I studied under him for a few years until he passed. And then I took everything that I learned and then started uh, uh, expanding upon it. So I took that uh, movement and video process and I added in the cinema aspects. We use very high-end cinema equipment to get a lot of data. Um, And then through that practice, in my own practice, one of the things I discovered to solidify cinesomatics as my own modality were, were the discovery of archetypes in the body. And what I mean by this is when I would watch clients move and I would say something like, all right, okay, so you're struggling with making money in your mm-hmm. life. Okay. <laughs> I <laughs> right? want to know this, more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, this is me. <laughs> yeah. So you're struggling with money in your life. Okay. Well, show me through the body your relationship with money. What does making money look look like to you? Not don't tell me about it. Show me. Show me in the body. All right. What does spending money look like? Oh, what does having money look like? Oh, okay. And then what I started to find is that what people said or thought or had an image of in their mind didn't always match the way that their body felt. So it's all about the feeling, what the body feels like as it's moving. It's not a mental, logical analysis. We're dealing with symbolism. We're dealing with the realm of the unconscious. It's not logical and linear. It is symbolic, metaphorical, allegorical. And so I started to see, oh, this person, I say, show me making money, and it takes them two minutes to start moving. When you're standing in front of somebody on camera for two minutes, that that for many people is like an eternity. <laughs> and also in our own life, if you scale that out, 
Well, what does that mean about somebody? What does it mean about someone's relationship with making money if it takes them two minutes to even start moving, where most people who are functional in it move immediately? They'll move in, in, in about one or two seconds. And so I started to notice that there were these correlations. And then I would watch some of these people and I would say, all right, show me something like giving. And then they would do something where they, they would take their hands and pull it into themselves. It, the, the direction would be towards them. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> giving, giving objectively should go outwards. And so then I would say, all right, well, what's your relationship with receiving and giving in your life? And they're like, oh, I struggle with this. And so I, I started to very, very quickly notice the correlations between the way that somebody represented these archetypes in their body and the actual practical practical results they were getting in their life. And then as we would begin to explore it, we would start uncovering all of this trauma. We would start uncovering all of these limitations and, and uh, suppressed emotions. And then as we would move through those uh, emotions and those stories, their movements would begin to shift. And then they would start embodying more functional archetypes. And then, you know, weeks later, they would get a raise or they, they would <laughs> have a gift or things in their real life actually shifted from the stuff we were doing in their body. So this was, uh, you know, many years of discovery and learning and not only working with other clients, but my own journey. I had to go through all of this process myself first before I could even see it in other people. And so that's a long story uh, to a short answer, semi-short as it could be. I, I love it. I, I think that's that's fascinating. You you developed this through your own observation and built upon that. How long does it take to to do this type of therapy, to observe someone, to analyze their archetypes and 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 really discover all of this? I can sit with somebody and in seconds know more about them than the closest people to them in their life. Mm. Yeah, it's it's incredibly fast. Um, but the reason it's fast, A, is because this is <laughs> this is my job. I, I've, <laughs> I've, been, I've been doing this. Um, but B is that it is that it bypasses the the mind. It bypasses the heady analysis. And so I skip, I skip all the body language, I skip all of the um, conscious words that people are using. And I go below that. I go to the feeling underneath stuff. So you can imagine, I'm sure you and everyone has, has had this experience where they meet somebody and everything they're saying, it seems nice and friendly and okay, but you just get this feeling like you don't mm. trust them. Right. Well, in this work, I've actually figured out what those specific things are, why we get that hunch, why we get that gut feeling. And through the video and the movement, I can actually point it out and tell you why and show it to you on video. Wow. Yeah. I mean, as someone, and, and you did mention you've experienced trauma in your life. Um, most people who have experienced trauma are empaths and can, and, and can yeah. read people pretty well because they're used to reading the room to figure out if they're they're safe <laughs> yeah uh, but this i mean this is inc incredible stuff um 
And how long ha- have you been doing the Sinosomatic? How long has this been? You said it's been kind of in the works for about the last 15 years. So 15 years of, of my journey of oh, your journey. Yeah. Yeah. Of my journey. Um, and so there's, there's an aspect of that. Now my mentor, he kind of pioneered just as the, the, you know, the technology has only been around for a couple decades. I mean like two decades really um, to, to even be able to record this stuff. So he initially pioneered it on like tapes, um, actual like real tapes uh, back in the day. And then so, when I worked with him and he passed, I kind of picked up those reins and it took me to get from that point of that foundation to to me turning it into actual cinesomatics uh, and the places I've taken it. It's been about five to seven years. Mm, that's great. I mean, I feel like you know, the difference uh, and what I'm learning because, you know, I, I didn't even know about any about somatic experiencing, um, which obviously we, we, we now know and, and most people who've dealt with trauma is that, you know, we hold it in our body. Yeah. And like you were saying, you know, somatic means the body. And I feel like we need more modalities that really focus on healing what's underneath the things that you, you can recognize. Um, Cause you know, what we've been doing for so long has been masking all of the yeah, trauma, the all of the yeah. symptoms, you know, and, and, and we now know that's not working. Right. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not working at all. Um, so I think this, the cinematic therapy is incredible work. So how do you have to be, where are you located? And do people have to go to you? Is this something that can be done over um, video, like Zoom? I don't know, Zooms, you probably would have higher tech stuff than that if that were the case. But um, how are people able to experience this therapy? Yeah, it's both. So we basically have two two grades of the therapy. The professional grade is stuff where we can do it online virtually. So we literally do use Zoom. And so I'll work with a client or we have a group workshop. We actually have a group workshop this weekend. And people will come in on the Zoom call and then I will be facilitating. And then we'll have everybody move. They have privacy and space to move. And on my end, I use my technology to record everybody moving or the client. And then also as well, certain technology to play it back over Zoom and then give them feedback. And then the whole thing's being recorded as a replay, which has another layer of feedback to it. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I do most often because it's so much easier for people to to hop on a Zoom call than it is to fly out. But right. I do have people I do have people fly out. There's things where we can only do in person. And so the second grade is the cinema grade where we actually have the tens and tens of thousands of dollars of Hollywood cinema grade equipment where we're able to capture in very high resolution at very high speeds uh, a very particular system that we have. And that allows us to go into super high rates and super slow motions to see all of the stuff that we normally would miss um, just watching in real time. You can slow it down, play it back. Because what happens in real time is that sometimes these things, we're, we're manipulating other people. We're 
we're um, hoodwinking, we're, we're seducing, we're lying to ourselves and other people and sometimes not even knowing it. And right. so it's very off, it's very easy to get pulled into someone's story, right? Get pulled, sucked into someone's manipulation and no one know it. Well, with the video and the replay, you can distance yourself from that and say, oh my gosh, look at that. Oh, you're doing this. Oh, oh, this was happening. And so th both of those, that particular thing is helpful uh, in person and online. But having the in-person stuff, we have a specific diagnostic um, that's called a, a slack line. So we actually have people walk on a slack line. Uh, and we have various uh, hands-on techniques and stuff, as you know, with, with trauma and a lot of people just don't get uh, – ha haven't had touch. And there's, there's a lot of stuff in the body um, where appropriate, safe touch uh, can, you know, you know, activate stuff. I was just reading mm – -hmm. uh, I was just watching a video of um, somebody talking about just babies sleeping in certain ways – the pressure their body parts have on the bed uh, turns on certain circuits, you know, some nervous system stuff in the development of the baby. So there's so much stuff that uh, the body does and holds. And um, the in-person stuff allows us to do those things that we can't do virtually. But I have clients that I work with, um, I've been working with for two years, and it's um, – 90% virtual. Um, so oftentimes they'll come in for a few days, they'll fly in and we'll do that stuff, which is like a supercharge in a few day session. And then over the course of the next uh, few weeks and months, we help integrate and, and go further with that stuff. So it, it works both virtually and in person uh, at very high levels. That's great. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think there's a lot I mean, I know I, I, I do, I, I do internal family systems therapy and I do this weekly with my therapist and I do it over zoom. Um, but there are things that, you know, are really benefit from doing it in person. Like you were saying, like the body work when, when I was in tra um, trauma therapy for in residential treatment, it was, you were, you were given body work each day, whether it be a massage, um, Oh, and, excellent! Yeah, it was it, it. They they. I, what is it when they move the lymphatic? I, yes. What Lymphat is it? myofascial? It, yeah, they were so. There was just a list of, <laughs> yeah. of therapy, a body work yeah. that they really wanted you to do along with the programming that they oh, already had. Wow, you're just <laughs> you're very lucky. That's very blessed. I mean, I was, a lot I, of places I'm, don't know that. Yes, I'm. I'm very, very blessed because I feel that you know, you know, I wow. this this place is Sierra Tucson in Arizona. I, I could talk about them forever because they they worked on some really cutting edge stuff there, like revisioning, which I, I I still don't hear people talking about. But they're also, I think, one of the only clinics back in 2020 that was doing um, ketamine treatments. Oh, for, okay. um, so and I did neuro um, neurofeedback. Um, yep. And obviously, I feel like cinematic therapy would be extremely helpful um, in, in that in that kind of environment in a, in a residential treatment center where there are a lot of people who are there and who are staying there and who has who can do this. So that's something definitely I think you to think about. But um, 
you know, and talking about this, you know, I, I like I mentioned, I did inter- I do internal family systems therapy, and I, I mentioned briefly, or I think you you've heard um, my work with psychedelics. I, yes. I I've done a, I mean, I I really really credit psychedelics to a lot of my transformation. Um, and you mentioned briefly about lucid yeah. shamanism and yeah. embodiment therapy um, that your organization's actually pioneering. And I'm intrigued. I was like, I need to know more about this. Like you, you're really on on the frontier yeah. of all this cutting edge stuff. So I need to learn more. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, this is so cinematics is a, a very specific. You know, let's just call it the 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 method, the technique. It's using the video and the movement. Now, there's other things I do with it as well. And so um, one of the things is doing dream work. Mm. Another another thing is doing symbolism work. And we use ancient uh, imagery, basically use picture uh, symbols um, as these archetypes. And so I basically have this three three-door approach. We have the dream work, right? This unconscious symbolic realm. We have picture symbols, symbolic realm. And then we have the body symbolic realm, unconscious. And so dealing with all three of these, what we're doing is not a heady mental academic analysis. What we're doing all of it is actually going into a it's almost like a meditative state mm. um, and in this sort of very still, quiet, connected place, we go into these symbols and we're not just doing it uh, willy-nilly or we're not just doing it on the surface. We're really doing what's called shadow work. And maybe some people have heard this term, um, but it's really been, I don't want to say appropriated, but it's, it's been very watered down. Um, you know, real shadow work is going into the places of our psyche that we have spent decades of our life not ever wanting to go. Mm-hmm. It's going into the places of ourselves that we hate, that we despise, that we feel guilty about, that we judge, that we shun, that we literally want to take pills or take a knife and cut it off and get mm-hmm. it off of us and, and completely change it or just you know disown it. Yeah. And part of this work is looking at those things and not only looking at them, but reintegrating them, letting go of the judgments, letting go of the suppression, stopping the suppression. And then this, of course, encounters all of the trauma. It, it, it encounters the stories in our life that say, okay, this thing is bad about me. We can't look at that or deal with that. And then saying, well, maybe we've got that wrong all along. Maybe that was just something we did to protect ourselves and cope with something that was horrendous in the moment that we didn't know anything else to do about. And now as adults in a safe place, we can allow ourselves to go there and to heal that. And so we do this with the movement. We do it with the dreams. We do it with the symbolism work. And it is very akin to the the, the psychedelic journey 
mm-hmm. but conscious. So one of the things with the entheogens and the psychedelics is is a twofold um, benefit, but also a limit. And that's the fact that it kind of shows you everything. It kind of <laughs> forces you, right? It takes mm-hmm. you where it's going to take you. And you can surrender or you can fight it. Right. And, <laughs> and so for a lot of people, it's really beneficial because most people aren't willing to go to these places themselves. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, yes. So it's it's incredibly beneficial because of that. Now – the the limitation of that is, is are two things. One is that you're you're at choice by going in, but the choices throughout of it, you know, like we said, it, it more of takes you there. So it's less of a conscious will. Now you are responsible because you're the one that decided to do it, and you're letting go and allowing it to do it. So you're, you're still at choice, but it's a different kind of choice than showing up in your conscious awareness, making those individual choices. The second thing is the integration is that on a lot of these experiences, you're in this, um, very altered state. You're in and out of consciousness. Maybe sometimes, uh, things are really symbolic. Um, and, depending on your guide, depending on the container, depending on the post-integration, you can really benefit from it or you could kind of go a little crazy. Mm. Um, You know, people have had, you know, psychedelic experiences where they can't ground it back into reality. You know, their, their, their ego is blown and all of this Mm -hmm. stuff. And so I, I still, you know, I think it's an amazing thing. However, in my work, we're doing that same level of exploring these symbolic unconscious um, things that you would in psychedelics, but we're doing it lucidly. We're doing it consciously. So now there's perks and downsides to this. The perks are you're integrating everything as you go and you're getting the wisdom. The wisdom is not only in your subconscious, but now it's in your conscious, right? You're consciously aware in real time of what everything is teaching you, what all of these symbols are teaching you. So the integration is very rapid in real time. It doesn't necessarily take, you know, weeks or months, you know, to journal and talk and figure it out. It's happening in real time. Um, The second benefit with that is that you're at choice the entire way. And so you're the one that's in power the entire time, and you're the one that's choosing to go there or not. Now, this is also the downside. (laughs) The downside (laughs) is that it requires your choice. And a lot of people um, don't necessarily want to look at this stuff. And so their ego defenses come up and all of these strategies to hide out and run away uh, get engaged. And the second kind of eh, downside-ish, but just, you know, I guess we could call it a downside is that it's very confronting. It's extremely confronting. So the specific way that I use cinematics and this lucid shamanism work is advanced. It is, it is not a, a beginner uh, process. It's not for someone that just walks off, off the street. You do have to have a very solid foundation, um, in, in many areas of your life. Um, because what happens is when we start doing this work and I say, all right, show me these archetypes, start moving in your body. 
and I'm giving you feedback, what I'm doing is reflecting back to you. So this is the shaman part of it, where a shaman, you could say one definition of a shaman is someone who walks the line, walks between the two worlds of the symbolic and unconscious with the literal um, waking state, right? The waking and sleep realms the shaman is navigating through. And so what I'm doing in this work is the same thing, just not with any substances. So we're literally helping people integrate this, these subconscious uh, symbolic stories and data and archetypes and making them conscious. And so in that process, what I'm doing as the facilitator is not giving advice. I'm not analyzing it. I'm not uh, saying it's right or wrong or good or bad or what they should do or shouldn't do or anything. All I'm doing is being a still pond, a clean mirror, and reflecting back the truth of what I see. And the video does that even better than me. Now, this is this is incredibly healing and it's an incredibly powerful process that changes people's lives. The thing with it though, is that I'm just reflecting back what, with what I see. And so there's an AA uh, phrase that, that's basically, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Yep. And this is often what we encounter, not with everybody, but when I'm, when you're, when you go to a, um, a session and they're saying, your this behavior you're doing here is narcissistic. You're manipulating. You're seducing. You're uh, completely out of relationship with your masculine or feminine. Oh, um, you are actually martyring yourself for the past 40 years when you thought you were just being nice. And it's not my opinion. They see the proof in the video of themselves doing it. And so it can be a very, very confronting process, and it's only for people that are ready for it. But the people that are ready to see that, their entire lives change. Everything changes. Their nervous system gets rewired. They, their relationship shift. Um, they add, I have clients that add zeros to their income. Um, all of these things happen because you, you finally get to know the truth, and you can't get to where you want to go if you don't know where you're at. And so this work helps with both. That is incredible because, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely a psych a, a advocate for psychedelics, but I, I do understand that psychedelics is not for everyone. It, I mean, being okay with traveling to the darkest parts of your soul is um, it's, it's heavy. <laughs> it's yeah, heavy. It yeah. And, yeah. and I, and like you were saying, you know, in the case of psychedelics, you don't really have a choice of coming out of it until it's over. Right. And and what you're what you're you know sharing with lucid lucid shamanism, I feel that, um, and this this embodiment therapy, is that there there is this option for those people who are like, I am not touching psychedelics because that is just. I, I I want more control control right, than that. Right. That there's this this option, which I think is phenomenal. I I you know, do you ever have anyone who's like I don't even want to watch what I was doing? I have I have trouble just looking at myself in videos and 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 actually trying to analyze. Is is there anyone who ever is just like they do it and then they're just like I can't do this anymore? 
Um, well, <laughs> a lot of people don't like looking at themselves. And you want to know the reason why? What I realized, well, do you want to know? <laughs> I do want to know. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, we, we maybe ourselves, we've done this ourselves. I certainly didn't like seeing myself in photos or videos or anything. And mm-hmm. I, I know plenty of people that don't. Well, one of the biggest reasons why is because at some level, we are seeing our shadow. We look at ourselves. Well, what, what do we start doing? Judging. Well, that's a shadow aspect. You know, we're mm-hmm. seeing all of these things we don't like about ourselves. That's why we don't want to look at it. But then there's also a deeper level. Then there's also this understanding that we don't like ourselves. And then we're judging ourselves. And we don't want to feel like we're judging ourselves. And so there's this whole stack of stuff that happens um, for most people instantaneously. And so they're just like, I, I don't even I don't even want to look. <laughs> yes. Now, <laughs> the thing is, um, those people, are, it's going to be twofold. They're going to have a really hard time with this work, but it'd also be the best thing they've ever done. It was just usually the case, right? It's like the thing mm-hmm. you're terrified of doing the most, um, knowing that it's the safe, you know, not a reckless thing. But the thing you're avoiding the most, as I say in my book, is probably the thing that's going to move you forward the quickest. And so in this work, yeah, people come in, they'll have a session. They're like, oh, yeah, I like embodiment. Oh, shadow work. This is fun. (laughs) You know, and then I basically tell them their deepest, darkest secrets that nobody else knows. And, you know, they they're like, you know, bye. (laughs) Um, So it does happen. Um, But then I also have clients who um do one session and then they work with me for two years. You know, they keep renewing, not because it doesn't work, but because every single aspect of their life works better and better and better and better. And so after that, there's an an initial period of kind of the shock and like confrontation and like, oh my God. And then what happens is you, you realize that all we're doing is seeing ourselves and the world more accurately. It's not good and bad, right or wrong, should or shouldn't, judgment of this or judgment of that. What we're doing is not telling better stories. It's not spinning things positive. It's just reporting things as is, as they are. Not inflating it, but also not deflating it. And so what happens is that people that go through this process, they they fall in love with themselves. They can see themselves. They can see the shadow, but they can also see the light. And they're not at the effect of it anymore. They say, you know what? Yeah, that is a shadow aspect of me. I do have this narcissistic thing. I do have the selfishness when I do that. Um, and that's okay. I'm, I'm at peace with it because I know I'm at choice. And I'm not doing that anymore. I don't do, like, I don't do those things anymore, but I still recognize that part of myself. And so going into these archetypes, we realize that it's not about being one perfect thing. It's about having full access to the entire range of humanity, of all of this stuff. And we see this in the movements. People will move and 
how they move in their body is how they move through their life. The foundational principle of this is how you do one thing is how you do everything. The way you move in your body, the way you show up on the call, the way you look at yourself on video is how you're doing that in your life. It's how you see yourself in, in, in your day-to-day -day life. It's how you move through the world. It's how you see everyone else in the world around you. It's your relationship to life. And through this process, we transform those relationships. We, we help people feel safe in their bodies again. We help people um, you know, stop judging themselves and everything. We get people to remove the shackles and the walls and the barriers and open up to love and become vulnerable. And that vulnerability leads to intimacy. Let people in again and let ourselves out into the world to be fully expressed without these plateaus, without these stories of limitations of I should or shouldn't, I can't be, or I'm not this, or I'm not enough, or I'm not lovable, or there's something wrong with me. You know, we're not fixing, we're stopping. And that's one of the biggest difference too in this work is that it's not, it's not personal development, which I also call persona development. We're not helping people build a better image. We're helping people stop everything. We're helping people subtract all of the stuff that isn't really who they are. And through that process, we get closer and closer to their true self. Whereas if you start fixing and adding all of that layers on top and actually takes you further from your true self. Mm, yeah. It, it, you know, it's funny when you were talking about why we don't like to watch videos of ourselves. It's, um, I actually had therapy yesterday and, you know, I've, I have an eight year old daughter. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's, she's amazing, but you know, we've been going at it a lot recently. <laughs> and, um, and you know, I realized in my therapy session, cause there was a part of me that I disliked about myself yeah. and how I handled things. And she is, was my reflection yeah. <laughs> of that. And so, you know, in, in working through that, I had to get a better understanding of what did that part of me need when I was behaving the way that she was behaving when I was younger. And, and that was, and I think that in, in thinking about that today, it's, it's, I just wanted to be heard and that's all she wants to be. She just wants to be heard. And so, yeah. yes, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's not changing who you are. It's kind of, I feel like it's, it's having a better understanding of why, and then just going kind of going from there. So, and, and, and as, when you were talking about transformation, it's like people who are scared of those bad trips those, those, those people who actually just dive headfirst into those really bad experiences, those bad trips, those darkest part, the darkest parts of, you know, their souls that I feel like that is when this, the transformation really yes. takes place because that, those are the things that have been holding them back. Um, Joseph Campbell's Joseph Campbell's. Yeah. He's a great quote. Uh, he's Joseph Campbell says the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Hmm. And that's, oh, that couldn't be more and, true. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so hard. Cause I know that, you know, there are people out there who it is 
that 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 are fearful and sometimes there are people who don't even know that they're like i don't believe that there's any treasure there you know there's <laughs> right, no personal yeah. develop you know there's no growth there you yeah. know because even five years ago i'm like this is who i am this is you know this is this is this is it there's no there's no such thing as post-traumatic growth or anything like that i just didn't believe it and you know Five years later, I'm like, I don't even know who that was. <laughs> <laughs> so there is, there is a way and um, to transform. There's always a way. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Andrew, is there anything that you would like to add? Oh, yeah. I got all sorts of stuff. <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> oh, tell me. what. So what are you doing? What are you working on now? What is, what, what is it, the big thing that you would like this audience to know these are people who you know are trauma survivors these are people who, who feel that they have trauma that's lurking that they don't want to face what is it that you think they would need to know oh geez <laughs> um well it's a lot um i oh, <clears throat> yeah that's, that's there's a, a, a lot in there um <laughs> i think i think the biggest thing is and uh, I talk about this in my book, um, making truth the most important thing. And how that actually practically looks is, do you value comfort or do you value the truth? Do you value playing safe and hiding out or do you value the truth? Do you value suppressing and avoiding or do you value knowing the truth and so if you can make the truth the most important thing in your life and use that as your north star not happiness because there's a lot of things uh, for our growth um, that, that makes our life incredible that really aren't themselves happy they right. lead to it but the initial thing isn't and so if you're orienting your life to comfort and false safety, now safety is very important, true safety, but many of us have a false sense of safety, um, you know, hiding out in our rooms and not going out into the world isn't necessarily real safety because guess what happens? Well, you don't have a community, you lose access to making money. And so you might not have a house, you know, so there's all of these repercussions and consequences for things that our ego would label and identify as good, positive stuff. So if you can make the truth, the most important thing beyond these, beyond your stories, beyond any, um, uh, victim mentality stories, even if you were a actual victim to something horrific, it doesn't mean that you you have to keep telling the story for the next 40 years of your life and be a prisoner to it. And so if you can f align yourself to the truth and make that more important than any of these things, you're going to have a value you're going to stand for something greater than the trauma. You're going to stand for something greater than the abuse. You're going to stand for something greater than your suffering. And if you can begin to live and make choices from that place, 
everything will begin to change. It may not necessarily be easy. In fact, it may be the hardest thing you've ever done. But I can promise it will be the most rewarding. Yeah. Yes, it's it's being your authentic self. It's just chipping away at all the stories that we've told ourselves, like you were saying, all these ideas that we were told we needed to be successful, I guess. Yeah, enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I, I, I absolutely loved having you on today. And I know that there's so much more that your organization is doing. And if, for anyone who would like to um, learn more, right there is the scrolling fortune cookie to <laughs> cinematic, um, dot org, And you can learn more about um, Andrew and and you can also check out his his book, Awaken to Your True Self. There's so much there. So, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I do recommend if people are interested to uh, check out uh, my book, Awaken to Your True Self. Um, you have you do have to be willing to be confronted and stick with it. But tens of thousands of people have have benefited from it. And if any of this sounds interesting, that's a great great first step. Amazing. That was Andrew Daniel, author of the best-selling book, Awaken to Your True Self, and the founder of Cinosomatics and director at the Center for Cinosomatic Development. For more information on Daniel and the Center for Cinosomatic Development, like I said, you can just click on that scrolling fortune cookie. It will also be found in the show notes. Um, April's issue of Authentic Insider is out. Authentic Insider can be found at TraumaSurvivorThriver.com. That's TraumaSurvivorThriver.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe to my email list to get Authentic Insider magazine in your inbox monthly. Again, thank you so much for joining me today. Join me live next week, April 29th, or April 19th, excuse me, when I speak with Mandy Harvey. She will be discussing the connection between trauma and chronic illness and how to solve it for good. And well, you've been listening to a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast on Fireside. I'm Lori Lee Binstock. Again, thank you for being a part of the conversation. Take care. <laughs>